everybody. We're live. Do an audio test. Okay, let's start. Hi, my name is Pastor David Elijah. I'm the pastor of New Millennium Kingdom Church. We're based out of Mission, Texas. And today is Saturday. It's our weekly service. It's an online service. We are live streaming. Right now it's over YouTube, but then we post it on many different multiple websites. We also have our main website, our church website, which is davidelijah.org. That's www.davidelijah.org. And uh, we also do a podcast. We take the same message. We extract the audio and make a podcast. So we are available on every podcast that's available from Apple uh, to Google to Spotify to a whole bunch of platforms that do podcasts. So tonight's message is going to be the coming persecution. So before we start, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for those who are watching and those who will watch later on. We thank you, Father, for a worldwide audience through social media that we can reach as many people as we can through our limited means, but that you are able to send forth your word to the ends of the earth. We are in very difficult times. We are in trying times. We are in a time of testing of our faith, of our walk, of our obedience, of our lifestyle. Everything that we do and say and live, it's being tested. Every government, every nation is going through a turmoil, through, through so much. But in the midst of that, you are purifying those of faith. You are bringing those who have no faith into your kingdom. And by your Holy Spirit, you are gathering the elect for your return. So help us, Father, to know your word, to hear your word, to establish your word, and to obey your word in these last days. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Tonight's message is the coming persecution. So let's go to the Word of God and uh, let's study the Word and understand it and allow the Holy Spirit to fully teach us His Word. Let me get this out of the way. Okay. Let's go to the Word of God. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. The title of this message is The Coming Persecution. The Bible has a lot to talk about regarding persecution. There are many things that are taking place even around us right now. Governments are, are imposing their will. It's a tyrannical will upon the people. People are being forced to stay in their homes. They can work, they can travel, they can do many different things. It's a medical martial law that we are under right now. And every government is forcing it upon the people and the people are trying to break free from that and they're struggling and they're suffering. Many are starving because economies of the world have been shaken, they are shutting down. Industries are shutting down, businesses are shutting down, restaurants, you name it, everything is at a standstill. And it's a time of great suffering. But in the midst of all of that, 
God gives us hope, he gives us strength, he gives us faith to overcome. And he warns us of many more things that are to come down the road. So we are in such times. It's an interesting time, it's a special time. And what a lot of Bible scholars will say, it's the end times. So Matthew 5, chapter 5, verse 10. As we read the scriptures, as we hear the scriptures, it brings hope, it builds our faith, because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it's only by faith that we, we can overcome every situation, we can overcome the world, we can overcome every disaster, every trouble, everything that we face, every attack, every demonic assignment, we can overtake it, we can overcome it, we can defeat it by faith through the blood of Jesus. So when we read the scriptures, we go through scripture upon scripture, one line after one line. We take our time, five, six, seven pages of scriptures to build our faith in these end times. So let's pay attention to the word of God and let that word go deep into our spirits and to make us strong. Every test, every trial, every suffering, every persecution, every battle is to develop our faith, is to develop our walk, to develop our trust in God and God alone. So there are a lot of people, their faith is being broken, their mindset is being broken, their way of life has been shattered, and they don't understand what's ahead. They're confused. They don't know how to move forward, what to do next. And the Word of God gives us direction. God is able to inspire us and to show us and to reveal to us what is to come and how to approach it, what we need to do, how to plan for it. The Bible is an amazing book. And it gives us instructions thousands of years before these events were to take place. And now we are in the midst of it. And we're going to see even more things happen. Everybody's trying to uh, just deceive themselves to believe that everything will go back to normal. And it's not. It's, there's no more normal. Everything that goes on from now forward is going to be very abnormal. It's going to be very different. Don't try to re create the past. Don't try to go back to the past. Don't try to think everything else will be the same like it was yesterday. It's not. Start looking for new situations and new circumstances and new things that will take place and difficult times, but to be prepared for it, to be ready, mentally prepared, spiritually prepared, physically prepared, financially prepared in every possible way. We must have plans in place. We must have preparations in order. We must work as a team, as a body of believers, as a church. We must band together now. There's no room for people that are selfish, self-centered, narcissists. They will not survive this coming battle. This is a battle for, for people that are courageous, who are generous, who are believers in God, who love God, who love one another. They're the ones who will thrive in, in tough times. It's the selfish, self-centered, narcissistic people that will collapse because there's nobody to back them up. There's nobody to watch over them. There's no one to hold their hand. It's going to be a very difficult time for selfish people. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So Jesus made it very clear this persecution will come, 
people will revile you they will hate you they will persecute you they will make all kinds of false allegations against you my family my wife and i my children we've suffered a lot from unknown unnecessary just nasty people that we've had in the past that came against us came against my wife came against even my children and it's like why we were scratching our head to understand what's going on and when you read the scripture you say okay wow because you love jesus because you follow him you obey him haters will come from every direction and just hate on you complete strangers complete people that don't know you they don't know your life they don't know your walk they don't know who you are and they're just hating on you if you notice on twitter and online and there's so much hatred right now it's just rising up to the surface and that's a separation of the sheep and the goats like jesus said the sheep will be more loving more kind more generous more blessed more happy more joyful and the haters are going to increase their wickedness is going to increase their evil is going to increase so both sides you're going to see two kingdoms grow and some will be blessed and some will be cursed some will be judged and some will be saved and we are in such times we are surrounded now we are seeing the wickedness we are seeing the evil of people rising to the surface all the manifestations that are happening around you it's a sign of the end of the days matthew chapter 10 verse 16 behold i send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves many times you go out and you're surrounded by people that are predators and wolves and evil nasty wicked people even members of your own family fall in that category these are sociopaths they have no conscience they have no guilt they have no shame they have no condemnation you tell them the word of god and they just look you straight in the face like i don't care whatever you say and these are that's a sign of a sociopath that means they have no conscience at all there is no conviction of sin there's no conviction of their wicked ways they have zero uh guilt and that's a shocking thing but that's the sign of the end of the age that those who are headed straight to the pit of hell will go smiling because they're like hey i'm perfect there's nothing wrong with me i don't need jesus look at me i'm perfect and these are the people that will be shocked at the end of the age when jesus will look at them and say i don't know you depart from me and that'll be the worst thing they can hear but they live their life in selfishness they live their life in wickedness and these scriptures are not for them it's for the believer it's for disciples it's for the followers of christ it's not for the unbeliever these promises and these blessings and this divine protection is for those who obediently follow the commandments of jesus christ that's why jesus i send you out it's a very personal sending out god is sending people out with assignments he's sending people out he's putting it on your heart this is your assignment go out and do this and you'll be surrounded by wolves you'll be surrounded by haters you'll be surrounded by wicked people you'll be surrounded by nasty family members doesn't matter go out do what i have told you to do verse 17 but beware of men for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues you will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the gentiles but when they deliver you up do not worry about how or what you should speak for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak even in that you saying don't worry i'm with you right there 
When people hate on you and they come against you and they attack you, don't worry about your response. Like, oh, let me think, what do I say? What is the right words to say? I don't want to offend people. I don't want to be, I want to be politically correct. I don't want to name names. No, Jesus will give you the words to speak. And if he tells you to call out certain people, you are supposed to call them out. We are not called to be politically correct. Verse 20, For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Now brother will deliver up brother to death, and a father his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. What is Jesus talking about? Like, how can it be that evil? We are coming close to the mark of the beast system that is being implemented even right now as I speak. And it's going to be just completely, you know, released upon the world. And everybody will have to be a part of that system. And they will be forced to be a part of that system. And if you don't, you'll have a brother, a sister, a family member that will turn you in. They will rat on you. If you have a snitch around you, if you have people that don't care about you, don't hang around with them, even if they are family members. If they have proven to be traitors, if they've been proven to backstab you, if they've been proven to mock you to your face, these are people that are your enemies. They are not your family members. I'm calling out what is truth. If I'm saying anything that is wrong, let me know. Call me, text me, send me a message and prove me wrong. Every family has that. They have traitors in their own families. And you're like, Lord, how do I deal with this? Traitorous, you know, obnoxious family members. And they're right there in your face and they're proud of it. They're not even hiding the fact that they're backstabbers and they're haters. Verse 22. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. This is the test of true salvation. Are you going to be tested unto death? Because that, are, that is going to happen to some people. Some of you will have to pay the ultimate price. And if we step into the great tribulation and the rapture has not happened and people are shocked and the church is wondering, what happened? I thought Jesus was going to come and rescue me. No, read the scriptures. The rapture and the second coming of the Lord is the same event. That means we will see the coming of the Antichrist. We will see the beast system put into place. We are that generation that will see all these events happen. It's a privilege, it's an honor to be born in this generation, to be an eyewitness of all these things. Many generations have gone past behind us, never got a chance to witness what we are witnessing. Prophets have spoken about these times. The book of Daniel describes it. The book of Revelation describes it. All the Gospels describe it. And we are part of that generation. We will experience all of that. And it's such a sad situation that the most number of cowards and spineless, weak snowflakes are on this planet right now. And the worst of the worst times are going to come upon this planet. How many people are actually going to be courageous enough to die for their faith? Not many. Many will bow down to Satan. Many will bow down to Antichrist because they are cowards. They'll be too afraid for their own life. But Jesus made it very clear. Verse 22, And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. If you deny Christ when your life is threatened, if you turn your back on Jesus when the Antichrist comes to kill you, you will not be saved. 
you will end, end up in the pit of hell. Verse 23. When they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For assuredly I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. So Jesus is saying, even if you try to escape, you will not even make it all the way through till the Lord Jesus himself comes to rescue you. That's how difficult and dangerous the times are coming. We are preaching this now to prepare you for what's coming. It should not come as a surprise like, oh my goodness, how did this happen? Why is this happening? If you're asking that question, it's because you never read the scriptures or you have preached a false gospel. There are too many false teachers, too many false prophets, too many false fake apostles. and It's a circus. It's a three-ring circus. The church, especially in the West, I'm not talking about the persecuted church. The real church, the persecuted church, is glorious. It's powerful. It is strong and it is faithful unto death. Even till today, there are martyrs for Christ. In the Middle East, in Asia, in Africa, in China, people are dying for their faith and they are not denying Christ. It's the West that is weak and spineless and cowardly. They do not even preach the proper gospel. All they teach is health, wealth, fame, fortune, prosperity gospel. It's garbage coming out of the mouth of messengers of Satan. And those who listen to these people and they love these people, if you're offended by what I'm saying, you will burn in hell with them. And if you hate me for that, I, I don't care if you hate me. Hate yourself for following and trusting these, these scumbags. Matthew chapter 10, verse 26. Therefore do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, and hidden that will not be known. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And whatever you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Jesus is making it very clear. Don't be afraid of the Antichrist. Don't be afraid of the world government system that's coming. Don't be afraid of the one world religion. Don't be afraid of the beast. If you have to die, don't be afraid of death itself. Because these people may come and kill you physically, but they cannot destroy your soul. And Jesus is making very clear. Verse 28, do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. The Antichrist and his whole army will not be able to kill your soul. Yeah, physically they may take your life, but you will be forever in eternity with Jesus. But what is he saying? Be afraid of God the Father, because he is the one who can kill your physical body and throw your soul into hell. You don't want that. I'd rather face the Antichrist and die for my faith in Christ than to turn my back, be a coward, and fall down and worship Satan. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. God is looking for warriors. He's looking for those who will fight the good fight of faith. He's not coming for cowards. He's not coming for spineless jerks. He's coming for those who stand for the truth, fight for the truth, obey the truth, walk in it, obey the gospel, preach the gospel. They are not ashamed of Jesus. If you're around cowards who don't even take the name of Jesus, you're in the wrong company. Let me say that again. Because a lot of people have bad people around them. 
And then they're wondering why they are also spineless and like cowards and all shaky and scared and nervous and panic attacks and fear and this and that. You're hanging around the same kind of people. You are becoming like them. Nobody's going to put faith into you. Nobody's going to encourage you. Nobody's going to build you up. They're going to inject the opposite into you, into your soul. They're going to curse you. They're going to vomit on you. They're going to put fear into you. They're just pure evil. And you have to ask yourself, what business do I have to have company like that? Why am I hanging around people like that? Even if they're family members, I keep saying that because we all have family members that are like that. Each and every family is contaminated by wicked people. I've traveled over 200 destinations around the globe. And you can see it every religion, every race, every culture, every society, every nation. It's the same. Don't feel special like, oh, I'm the only one suffering. And I have people come and cry to me like, oh, my mother did this to me and my daddy did that to me. And it's the same story everywhere on the planet. Stop having a pity party and feeling sorry for yourself. Fight. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. If you suffer violence, take the violence, overcome it, defeat it, destroy it, crush it, and walk the walk of faith. That's the kind of people God is coming for. This whole walk on this earth is not for you to get rich, famous, and, you know, all that and everything else. It's not about your vanity. It's not about your pride. It's not about your ambition. It's about your faith. God didn't put you on this earth so that you'll be some superstar or multimillionaire. He put you here to test your faith. Your faith is more precious than gold and silver and everything else on the planet. This planet will be burned by a solar flare. Everything's going to get wiped out on this planet. Don't get too possessed with your properties and your homes and your this and that. And I got 501k and 401k and I got these deposits in the bank and this and that. The value of the dollar is going to go down to the pennies. They're going to do a global reset of the economies of the world. It's going to step into a digital currency. And the dollar value is going to crash miserably. If you think you're going to put your trust in dollars, it's not going to save you. The dollar is not your savior. Matthew 24, 4. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You see this in the charismatic church. It's full of deceivers. It's full of liars. It's full of hypocrites. Full of false prophets. Full of false teachers. The whole charismatic movement is so corrupt it's disgusting to look at. And they're still jumping up and down like monkeys, like clowns, entertaining those people. And those people are deceived and they're just dancing with these people and swaying and shaking and doing all kinds of crazy manifestations and they're thinking they're filled in the Holy Spirit. It's opposite to what the scripture says. There are many YouTube channels that break it down and they expose all these fake charismatic preachers that are on TV and all the mega churches and and right now all the mega churches where are they they're shut down they can't even meet all their big facilities and all their big buildings and everything is is rotting they can't even meet what's going to happen to all the congregations this is the chance for you to really stand up for your faith this is a time when you can go to the mega church you can go to the fancy building now's the time to be the pastor of your house especially men I'm so fed up of talking to men in this country. They are the most spineless, gutless, fake, hypocritical jackasses you can come across. 
they can't even lead their own wife and children in righteousness and godliness instead they're being alcoholics womanizers teaching them to take drugs and doing all kinds of garbage across this this country is so perverted and so corrupted and so messed up it's it's babylon and again i don't talk about the persecuted church they are the ones third world countries people that have nothing they have great faith in god for those who are listening on the east y'all are blessed here in the west the people are cursed here their wealth has become their curse verse 6 and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars see that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there will be famines and pestilences or pandemics and earthquakes in various places was eight these all these are the beginning of sorrows we've had these events happen in the past we've had those happen in every century you come across but this time it's different this time it's multiple pandemics it's not just one there are many more that are coming there's famine coming to the land there's starvation that's going to come sicknesses will come earthquakes will happen wars will take place and these are just the beginning of sorrows this one pandemic has brought so much sorrow and depression and suicide upon the nations people are suffering in their mind they're suffering in their soul because their faith is not in god their faith was in governments their faith was in their job their faith was in their career their faith was in money their faith was in something and that faith has been destroyed now this one pandemic has wiped out people's lives but it's a time to test is your faith in god or is it in man is it in governments in institutions even in churches and buildings is your faith in almighty god this is a wake up call for every human being on the planet verse 9 then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake you go to any nation on the planet today and you take the name of jesus they will hate you why does people hate so much because they love lawlessness they love sin they love wickedness they love their evil ways anybody that hates you and they say ah because they love their wickedness so they can't handle the name of jesus they already condemned they already judged they already headed straight to the pit of hell because if they will not receive you in the name of christ they will receive the antichrist they will receive satan with open arms that's how i was telling my wife the other day people play the devil's advocate what do you mean what is that it means that they are defending the wicked they are playing the attorney for wicked men in their lives you don't know how many people have come to me and say oh but pastor he's a nice guy and he loves me and this and that are you playing the devil's advocate start obeying jesus start following jesus let him be the first love of your life why are you defending wicked men what is wrong with you how to slap women over here on their, their heads because they're like the wicked man is already the wicked man it's obvious why are you defending him why are you covering up his sin why are you being all nice and sweet what is going on here and this madness goes on all over the country women in this country have lost their collective minds they love wicked men they get abused they get beaten up and their men are cheating on them and drinking and dishonoring their marriage 
and the women are still loving them and still being nice to them and defending them. Like, what is this? Stockholm Syndrome? What is going on? Verse 10. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. When we speak the truth, guess what? People get offended. People lose their minds. People get angry. It's like, why? What is all this coming from? Why the offense? It's because of pride. Because they are the children of disobedience. They are the children of Satan. That's why they get offended by the truth. And they hate on you. And they will betray you. Some of you have already been betrayed. My wife has been betrayed multiple times. And she's been hated by her own family members. And she's taken it, still bless these people, still love them, still taking care of them. I mean, it's unimaginable how she does it. For me, I want to start breaking some legs. Verse 11. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. We have to deal with false prophets, even in the church. We're not even talking about wicked people outside the church. In the church, there's wickedness. At the pulpit, there's wickedness. This country is full of false prophets and prophetesses running around, giving words, and it's all divination. All divination, just running around, saying stuff off of their head. It's directly opposite to the scripture. That's how I know it's divination. That's what Jesus says. When they say peace and blessing and prosperity and double portion, then sudden destruction. Ask any of these false prophets to tell you a harsh word. They will not tell you that. Why? Why are they always trying to make you happy and make you feel good and everything? Because they have the money. They are servants of mammon. They are not the servants of God. That's how you know a false prophet from a true prophet. A true prophet will tell you straight to your face, repent. There's wickedness in the land. Judgment is coming upon a nation. Repent. But you have the top prophets, so-called prophets in this nation that are saying, oh, prosperity, blessing, this, that, and everything. If you keep track of these kind of crazy people, I scan all through the media and see what these people are saying, and it's disgusting. They're saying the opposite of what is to come. That's how you know they are false prophets. Then many false prophets, many, Jesus says many false prophets. Put all these people together in a bucket, that's what you call many. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Their purpose is to deceive you. How do I know they're deceiving me? Because they're telling you peace, prosperity, blessing, finances, money, money, money. That's a false prophet right there. You don't need to even examine anything else. A true prophet will be on his knees crying for the sins of the land, begging God's mercy, saying, Lord, don't let your judgment come, up, come upon a wicked nation. And then they'll turn around to the people and tell them to repent and cry out for the sins of your sins, your family's sins, your generational sins. That's a true prophet. I don't hear one prophet say that today. All their smooth tongue, smooth lips, giving sweet talk, sweet words. Those are not true prophets. They are false prophets. Throughout the Old Testament, read what the prophets said. They said one message, repent. Turn from your wicked ways. Go on your knees and beg God's mercy. Every true prophet said that. And what happened? They got killed. Their heads were cut off. And today's prophets are dressed up like superstars. They, they look like they just came out of a beauty salon. And they're wearing fancy shoes and fancy clothes and fancy this and fancy that. And John the Baptist walking around with, with flip-flops. 
now you know who's who's really serving god and who's serving money and this sickness has gone and transferred to africa and the african churches are also corrupted with this nonsense the prosperity gospel garbage has gone over to africa those poor people are suffering because bad teaching bad doctrine bad false teachings have gone false prophets false teachers false preachers false apostles god's going to hang these apostles upside down and burn in the lake of fire for forever verse 14 and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come the end will not come unless the true gospel has been preached to all the nations as a witness what is that gospel persecutions war famine pestilence earthquakes disaster it's not getting better it's going to get worse all of that is going to happen but the end is not yet and when all of that is done then the end will come this earth this planet will go through some severe tribulation severe chastising severe judgments read the book of revelation that's the last book of the bible if the so called apostles prophets are not preaching the book of revelation to you they are false prophets they are false apostles we are living in the book of revelation we are to prepare for what's to come and it's the testimony of jesus the full Book of Revelation is the testimony of Jesus, first-hand direct revelation from Jesus the Son of God to the churches, to his people, warning them, get ready, repent, turn from your wicked ways, prepare for the great tribulation, or I will come and I will kill you. God himself is saying if you don't change your wicked ways, I will come and kill you. Don't be afraid of the antichrist and all the judgments that are coming. Be afraid of God himself who will come and destroy you. Mark chapter 10 was 23. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, "How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God." And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, "Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God." What do we see in the West? People trusting in riches, people trusting in their money, they trusting in their they abilities and their skills and talents and whatever their vanity and everything and saying oh yeah i got this i'm rich i'm famous i'm successful yeah it's very hard for them to enter the kingdom of god why is that because their faith is not in god their faith is in their riches and their looks and this and that but it's not in god was 25 it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of god and they were greatly astonished saying among themselves who then can be saved but jesus looked at them and said with men it is impossible but not with god for with god all things are possible then peter began to say to him see we have left all and followed you so jesus answered and said assuredly i say to you there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life but many who are first will be last and the last first so jesus was making it very clear If you gather just to yourself property and riches and money and 
wicked people and everything you're not going to enter the kingdom but if you give it all up all of it houses properties brother sisters father mother for Jesus's sake and the gospels then Jesus he promises i will give back to you hundredfold i will bless you with houses and brothers and sisters oh but my brother oh my sister when you let go of the wicked brother the wicked sister god replaces it with a hundred good brothers and sisters think about it if you hold on to that wicked nasty sister or brother or mother you will not receive the hundredfold that jesus is promising that is your stumbling block in your life you're hanging on to your wicked family members too much let it go let him go and then you will see the hundredfold return but if you compromise with wickedness in your family do not expect the hundredfold return if that is your stronghold say lord forgive me for hanging on to my mother hanging on to my sister hanging on to my brother they're wicked as hell but i'm trying to hang on to them because oh if i don't they will die and they'll go to hell that's not your burden your burden is to say lord i want to hang on to you whether i live or i die i don't care what happens around me whether they live or die it's not my job it's not my responsibility it's not my burden i'm not their savior i have to keep reminding people of that because they think oh i'm going to rescue this one i'm going to save this one i'm you're not jesus you need to say lord save me from my own wicked ways save me from my own delusion that somehow i can save this person you cannot even save yourself how can you save someone else you need jesus to come and rescue you from your own garbage from your own wickedness how can you save someone else you're still being sanctified yourself you still have so much issues to deal with your sanctification is not complete and it will not be complete till the return of christ that's your journey that's your walk that's your direction yes lord i'm going to walk with you yes lord i'm going to turn my back on the world on my family on everybody else so that i can follow you diligently i can be faithful to you until the end if i have to give up this i have to give up that yes lord i give it up there should be nothing in your hands nothing you should be empty handed before the lord and let him give you now but if you got something in your hand you're holding on to it tight say oh no i can't let this go then the lord cannot do anything for you was 29 so jesus answered and said assuredly i say to you there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time now jesus is promising it to you now he's not telling you i'll wait 10 years 20 years today you let go of the wicked people in your life and all that you think you're holding on to and he will replace it with something better Hundred times better. Who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time? Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. You have eternal life. The Lord is saying, let go of the wickedness in your family in your life, and embrace eternal life. Verse thirty-one. but many who are first will be last, and the last first. This is for people who consider themselves entitled. There's an entitlement attitude in this nation. Oh, I'm entitled. Oh, because I'm special. Oh, I'm a prince. I'm a princess. I deserve all the best. No, you don't. If you think you're first, you're going to be last in God's kingdom. Consider yourself last. Don't make demands. Don't force other people to do stuff for you. Don't do that. Don't think oh you're entitled to it. 
It's my birthright. It's the right. I can force this one to do this and I can tell this one. I can manipulate that one because I deserve it. It's a messed up way of thinking. And it only leads to manipulation and force and coercion and just ugly behavior. Just because you think you're entitled, just because you think you're special. Don't abuse other people because you want to get something out of someone else. Don't do that because you're considered last in the kingdom of heaven. Luke chapter 6 verse 20. Now Jesus is talking about those whom he loves, the ones he blesses. His way of looking at people is different the way we look at each other. Then he lifted up his eyes towards his disciples and said, Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be filled. We tell people to fast. But I'm hungry. I love food and I love this and I love that and I love treats and I love sugar and I love... Yeah, you're more blessed if you hunger right now. You fast right now. You stand at the gap right now. You intercede for someone right now. You are blessed. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Today you are crying because you are under attack and persecution and people are hating on you. You are crying to God and God says, don't worry, you are blessed. If you are in that place, you are in a good place. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't have a pity party. Don't go around crying to 10 people and tell them your sob story. Nobody wants to hear your crying nonsense. Be quiet, be silent in the presence of God and say, Lord, I am blessed because now I am crying, but I will laugh. Verse 22. Blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. If they do that for your sake, you're a nasty person. But if they, you do that, if they do that to you for Jesus' sake, then you're blessed. Jesus is saying, this is what's going to happen to you. They will exclude you. You feel like an outcast. You feel like a misfit. You feel like you're, you're not, you don't fit anywhere. You don't belong anywhere. Even in the church, you feel out of place. That's because you love Jesus. So then people are going to cut you off. They're going to exclude you. They're going to keep you away. They're going to hate you. They're going to call your name as evil. Great. Verse 23. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For indeed your reward is great in heaven. For in like manner their fathers did to the prophets. That's another sign of false prophets. If people love false prophets... They are not true prophets. If you hate the prophet and you want to kill the prophet, that's a good prophet. Think about it. This country is full of false prophets, man. Amazingly large number of false prophets. And they love them. Why? Because their message is sweet and, you know, all about prosperity and money and finances and health and good life and this and that. These are false prophets. And they are loved for it. Find yourself a true prophet where people hate him. They hate her because she's speaking truth. Those are true prophets and they're very rare. So if you're chasing some prophet, prophetesses, and you love them, that's a false prophet. Oh, but I like they give me such sweet words of encouragement and, and edification and la la la. No, this is not a time for that. This is a wake up call. We're under a pandemic. We're under medical martial law. It's a time for repentance. It's a time for going on your knees and begging God's mercy. And if prophets are saying the opposite, they are false prophets. Luke eleven forty nine. Therefore the wisdom of God also said, 
I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they will kill and persecute. Today's false prophets and false apostles, all oh, people just love them. Nobody wants to kill them. Nobody wants to persecute them. Why? Because they are so smooth-tongued. They have such a fancy word. Oh, I have a word from the Lord and it's all good stuff. Those are false apostles, false prophets. I have a prophetic update for you today. Really? You have a direct line to heaven every day? Every day you're getting a prophetic update? Every day you're getting a dream? Every day you're getting a vision? You are a messed up person. God does not communicate to individuals like that. Read your scriptures. He speaks through his written word. If you don't even know his Bible and you're getting dreams and visions and fancy stuff, it's not from God. Most probably it's divination. Check yourself. And if you got hate in your heart and you got all kind of, you know, rude behavior and anger issues and all of that, God is not talking to you. Check your heart. Check your life. There's no fruit in your life. God is not communicating with you. And especially in this valley, I warn people, there's so much occult activity here. There's so much divination here. Even if you get dreams and visions, do not receive it. Because most probably it's Satan. It's the prince of the power of the air that's injecting your mind with all kinds of stuff, even if it looks spiritual. Because that's an end-time deception. If you truly want to be grounded, if you truly want to walk with God, study the scriptures. Study the word of God. You never hear me telling you about visions and dreams. I get lots of dreams. I get lots of visions, lots of stuff. Not lots, I can say, but uh, once in a while. But I don't talk about it because that's not important. What's important is the Word of God. But those who put too much preference on visions, dreams, prophecies, all that stuff, they are off track. They've gone into left field. You ask them about the scriptures, you talk to them about Jesus, they're not interested. Therefore the wisdom of God also said, I will send the prophets and apostles, and some of them they will kill and persecute, that the blood of all the prophets, which was shed from the foundation of the world, may be required of this generation. God is talking about the prophets of old, who died already. Their blood is on these people's hands. Today, there's no prophet getting killed today because they're all false prophets. Like I said, this is a sign for you to know. Oh, but I don't want to kill this prophet. Then most probably he's not a true prophet. But if a prophet enrages you, a prophet tells you things that hate your flesh, it makes you feel uncomfortable, makes you feel convicted of sin, that's a true prophet. Find me one and send me his name and then I will hear him and then I will tell you if it's a true prophet or not. 99% fake. Counterfeit. Many, Jesus said, many, many false prophets and many will be deceived. We are in that time right now. Look around you, everywhere. People are deceived, running around crazy. I had a vision, I had a dream. I completely lost their mind. Luke 21, 8. And he said, take heed that you are not, that you not be deceived. Jesus warns again and again, don't be deceived. Even if somebody comes and gives you a vision, a prophecy, a whatever you think you saw in heaven or you had dreams or whatever, don't be deceived. For many will come in my name saying, I am he and the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified. So two things, 
Don't be afraid. No fear and no deception. If somebody's already in delusion, I'm sorry, you can't help somebody in delusion. But if fear is coming to you and, and you're being deceived and you think, you know what, I have some doubts and I'm not sure, that's deception. Truth is pure. Truth is eternal. Truth is always present. For these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. For those who are waiting for the pre-tribulation rapture, it's not going to come. Because these things will come, but the end will not come immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences, and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. See, these things have not happened before, but in our time we will see signs in the heavens. Comets and, and asteroids and all kinds of near-Earth objects and so many things. NASA is already tracking all these things. And it's going to come signs in the heavens. Most amazing signs. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. Study the scriptures. Study the word of God. If they grab you, they arrest you, they send you to jail, they send you before kings and rulers, they are waiting for you to be a witness of Jesus Christ. You're not there to try to justify yourself and try to escape and try to get bail or... No. The reason I'm here is because of God's will is for a testimony. To testify to the wicked, to testify to the powers at be that I am here in the name of Jesus Christ. Verse 13. But it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. God will set up some of us to stand before kings and rulers and governors to be a testimony. In your workplace, in your family, you're the testimony. You are there for his namesake. You're not there for your own personal gain. You're not there for your own personal popularity. Stop whining and crying and complaining. Oh, my family doesn't recognize me and my family doesn't compliment me and my family doesn't love me and my family this, my family that. Your job is to be a witness of Jesus Christ and to be hated by all. Stop the whining. Stop the grumbling. Stop the crying. Stop the pity party. Stop the whining. You will lose your reward in heaven. Be faithful to the testimony of Jesus Christ. Take all the nonsense. Take the spiritual vomit. Take the attacks. Take the insults. Take the persecution. Take it and rejoice. He didn't say take it and cry and sit down and feel depressed and sad. He said take all the attacks. Rejoice. Be happy for it because you have a great reward in heaven. That's your right response. But everywhere you go, people are whining, crying, grumbling, singing, dancing. And saying, oh, feel sorry for me. Look at me. Poor me. Poor me. Stop it. This is not about you. Get out of your own head. Get out of the way. Crucify the flesh. Crucify your soul. Bring it to subjection to the Holy Spirit. And realize by revelation that your life is a testimony to Jesus Christ. Your walk and your words are to glorify Jesus. Not to glorify yourself. Not to cry about yourself. Not to you know, put yourself in the spotlight. It's to take the name of Jesus every chance you get. What did Jesus say? If you testify about me in front of men, I will testify about you before my Father in heaven. If you take my name before man, I will take your name before my Father in heaven. That is your role. That's your call. That's your destiny. That's your future. That's your assignment. I don't know what's my purpose in life. I don't know what God wants from me. He wants you to be a witness. Everywhere you go, whatever purpose of your life, whatever you accomplish, 
be a testimony for his name's sake. That's why verse 14, what does it say? Therefore, settle it in your hearts. Settle it. Settle it in your hearts. Don't be up and down like a roller coaster. Settle it once and for all. Yes, Lord. My job is to be just a witness, to take your name, to take the hits, to get beat up, to get persecuted, to get attacked, to get insulted and mocked and scorned, and not to take it personal. Don't take these things personal. Okay, Lord, it's for you. It's for your gospel. It's for your kingdom. It's for your name. That's why I'm getting attacked. If you're an unbeliever, you'll be having the time of your life. Because you take the name of Jesus, you're coming under attack. But don't make it about yourself. Don't get too caught up. That's ego. That's your pride talking. Get out of the, that and out of your life. Cleanse yourself. Purify yourself and say, Lord, let my words be only about you, not about myself. Let me stop crying about my own life and my family's life and all these people hating me. It's not about you. Because look what it says. Verse 15. For I will give your mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. That's when you have a testimony of Jesus. He will give you a mouth and he will give you wisdom against your adversaries, against those who will not be able to contradict you or resist you. But it has to be your faithfulness to the testimony of Jesus. Then you will have wisdom. Then you will have a mouth to speak against evildoers. Verse 16. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends. That doesn't sound like good news. But that's the gospel of Jesus. He says, you know what? It's not good news on this earth. But when I come and take you out of this earth, then it's good news. Right now, it's betrayal and hate and persecution and attacks and death. And what does it say? And they will put some of you to death. Don't be surprised. One of your family members hands you over and they kill you. Like what? My own parents betrayed me. My brother, my sister betrayed me. My relatives, my friends. Yeah, they are not your friends. You want friends. Everybody's looking for friends. There are no friends on the earth right now. Everybody's hating each other. Everybody's against each other. Families are against each other. Jesus says, I have brought a sword in the family. Your own family members will be the enemies of your life. And now it's come to a time where they will put you to death. So don't be surprised. Don't be like, oh, how did that happen? Well, Jesus is warning. He warned 2,000 years ago. We are in that time now. Verse 17. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But not a hair of your head shall be lost. By your patience, possess your souls. This is what is needed. Patience. We get impatient. We want everything done now. We want everything right now. I want my family to love me now. Why does my mother hate me? Why does my sister hate me? Why do these people hate me? I want it now. I want the love now. No. Be patient. And possess your soul. Don't let your soul get out of control. Don't be on an emo emotional roller coaster. Settle it once and for all. Settle it in your heart. Yes, Lord. I will take the hits. Like I said earlier. I will deal with all that's coming at me because it's for your name's sake. Glorify Jesus in your life. Glorify Him in your life. Exalt Him in your life. Honor Him. Reverence Him. Bow down to Him. And take your ego and put it in the trash can. Take your pride and throw it in the trash. Take your vanity, throw it in the trash. Oh, but I can't. I love my vanity. Trash it. 
Would my ego trash it? I can't do that. I have a big ego. I have a big swollen head. It's all about me. No, it's not. I'm here to burst that bubble. John 15, 18. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. So that's right there, Jesus saying, don't be surprised if the world hates you. They hated me before they hated you. Oh, okay, I get it now. Yes, because it's not about you. It's about Jesus. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. You get it now? God chose you out of the world. Now everybody hates you now. They just instinctively know you're chosen of God. You're the beloved of Christ. They will hate you. That's why they hate you. Because they are not and you are. That's why there's hate. Don't be surprised. Verse 20. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake. You see how you have to get yourself out of the equation and say, Lord, all that's happening to me is for your name's sake. Blame Jesus. It's a good way to say, okay, Lord, I blame you. All this is happening because, because of you. If you were not there in my life, all these people love me. All these people embrace me. Now you came into my life and everybody hates me. Yes, Lord, but I still love you. I still obey you. I still worship you. That is true love. That is truly following Christ. So, Lord, I'm getting attacked. I'm getting beaten, persecuted, hated. Okay, no problem. I'll take all of it because I love you more than I love myself. I love you more than I love my family members. I love you more that I can deal with all of this and have a smile on my face. Verse 21. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. God is saying they don't know God. They don't know the Heavenly Father. And they don't know that Father God has sent me to you. That's why they hate you. That's why they're doing all this to you. Verse 22. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Why do preachers go and preach the truth? Because in the past people can say, oh, but I didn't know. So today we preach. Why? So now you have no excuse. The ones who have heard these words, heard the word of God, now you cannot say, I don't know. Now your sin is on your own head. Verse 23. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. And this applies to us today. They hate you without a cause. Like why are they hating on me? Because you're preaching the word of God. Because you're taking the name of Jesus, they're hating on you. And they did that to Jesus. They hated him without a cause. He did good to them. He blessed them. He prayed for them. He healed them. He raised their dead. They still hated him. They still crucified him. You are doing the same thing. You're blessing people. You're loving people. You're forgiving people. You're taking care of their need. You're watching over them. You're providing for them. You're doing all of that and they're still hating on you. 1 Corinthians 4.9 For I think 
that God has displayed us the apostles last as men condemned to death. For we have been made a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are dishonored. 11. To the present hour we both hunger and thirst. We are poorly clothed and beaten and homeless, and we labor, working with our own hands. Being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we endure. Being defamed, we entreat. We have been made as the filth of the world, the obscuring of all things until now. Paul is saying, look at us. We are the apostles. We are treated like dirt. We are homeless. We are hungry. We are starving. We are reviled. We are persecuted. We are poorly clothed. That's a true apostle. Suffering for Christ. Today's apostle, million dollar smile and $10,000 suit and flying in private jets. That's how you know a false apostle from a true apostle. And they were defamed. Today's apostles are pumped up and glorified and popular and famous and rich and living the life. He says, we have been made as the filth of the world. He was saying, like, we are like garbage. We are like scum in the sight of the world. God did this to us. Why? So that Jesus may be glorified. Jesus may be you know, magnified in their life. When you take the name of Christ, people will trample on you. They will hate you. They'll vomit on you. They'll do all kinds of things. And Paul says, hey, look at me. I went through the same thing. 2 Corinthians 12, 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. So one of the reasons Paul was pushed down and beaten down, even having a fallen angel to come and, and mess with him night and day, is to keep him humble. If you struggle with pride and you struggle with ego and vanity and all of that, don't be surprised if a demon comes into your life to, to knock you down. And that's by the will of God. If you're demonized and you're tormented by demons night and day, it's to keep you humble. God has sent it as an assignment to break you, to humble you. A lot of people come to us for deliverance and they want the demons cast out and God doesn't give us permission because that's an assignment from God. Satan cannot touch you unless God gives him permission. So if you're demonized and you're tormented and you're all messed up in your head, it's to break you. It's to bring you to your knees so you can beg and cry for God's mercy. That's the purpose. Even the Apostle Paul had to go through that. Why? So that he would not consider himself too great and too this and too that. In this country, people are full of pride, full of narcissism. Mexico, my goodness, the spirit of pride rules. But they are suffering and persecuted and attacked and the spirit of death is all over them. Verse 8. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. So Paul is begging Jesus, saying, Lord, get rid of this messenger of Satan. It's harassing me, tormenting me, and knocking me down. And what did Jesus say? Oh, yeah, let's get rid of that demon. He did not do that. Verse 9. And Jesus said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. This is the Apostle Paul, tormented by a messenger of Satan. And Jesus says, no, that demon's going to stay with you till you die, just to keep you humble. 
verse 9, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So Jesus gave him a piece of wisdom. You want to be strong? You want my strength to come into your life? It will be made perfect in you, in your weakness. But this is someone who is cooperating with God. This is someone who is walking with Jesus. Someone who is obeying Jesus. Who is proclaiming the gospel. And he still has a messenger of Satan to keep him humble. Here in this valley we are surrounded by people that love Satan. They obey Satan. They follow Satan. They do occult practices. They do witchcraft. They do divination. And they are demonized and tormented. And, and full of fear and full of suffering and pain. And they are crying out to God. God will not set them free. God will not release them from that bondage. Because they love evil. They love darkness. They love wicked men. They love the occult. They love witchcraft. Why do you think God's going to deliver them? He didn't even deliver the Apostle Paul who served him and obeyed him and preached his gospel. And he had a messenger of Satan to keep him humble. How much more for these people that practice evil? Those demons are not going to leave them. Verse 10. So Paul suddenly realizes, wow, God's not going to set me free to keep me weak, to keep me humble, so that Jesus' strength is made perfect in him. So what is his response? Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For the name of Jesus, I will suffer, I will be in need, I will be sick, I will do whatever. I will take pleasure in it. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So for those who are singing the pity party song, stop it. Take pleasure in it. Enjoy it. Love it. Saying, Lord, all this is happening for me to be weak. So that in my weakness, your strength will be made perfect. In the time of tribulation, the time of trouble, in the time of persecution, your Holy Spirit is going to come upon me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Like, How is that possible? Yeah, in my physical flesh, I'm beat down, I'm weak, I'm exhausted, I'm tired. And in that weakness, say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need your strength. I'm not going to cry, I'm not going to whine, I'm not going to complain, I'm not going to keep talking about my persecution and how my family hurt me and made me suffer and this and that. All that drama is over because in my weakness, your strength is made perfect. How do you think you are standing today in spite of all the attacks of the enemy? In your weakness, Jesus protected you. In your attacks, God was right there watching over you. He didn't allow Satan to overtake you, overcome you. It's the strength of God. That's why you're still alive. That's why you're still standing. That's why you've not been overtaken. Some of you have witches in your family. Think about it. You should be under judgment. You should be under curses. You should be already demon-possessed. But you are not. Your children are not. Why? Because of the strength of God. That's a sure sign of your salvation. That's a sure sign that Jesus is with you. That man, my mother was a witch and she still is a witch and I'm fine. What's going on? Why? Because you're good looking or you're nice or you're sweet and you're loving and you're kind? No. Satan doesn't care about your nature and your appearance and who you are. He will still destroy you. I've seen a lot of good looking people dying in, in the hospital. With all their vanity and pride and arrogance, they're st still in the ICU. Their, their personality and their appearance didn't rescue them from the attack of Satan. It's because Jesus stepped into your life that you are alive today. You were rescued from all that evil. You were taken care of in the midst of all of that because of His strength. 
2 Timothy 3.10 But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. So Paul is saying, look, look at you've seen my life, you've seen my manner of life and my purpose and my faith and all the persecution I went through from this city to that city to the next city. I'm getting attacked, I'm getting, people are coming at me. But he says, I endured it. And it says what? And out of them all, the Lord delivered me. If you're under attack, you're under persecution, look for God's salvation. Look for His rescue. Look for His deliverance. Say, Lord, you rescue me. You deliver me. You step into my life. Every attack, every persecution is an, is a, is an opportunity for you to see the hand of God. Be excited. Say, okay, Lord, the enemy is attacking me. Where are you, Lord? When are you coming to deliver me out of this situation? That should be an exciting moment for you. Like, wow, I'm under attack. The enemy is attacking me. My family is attacking me. Lord, where are you? That should be the response. Not sitting and crying and having a pity party. Not, none of that nonsense anymore. Verse 12. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. He's not saying, oh, health, wealth, and prosperity and your best life now. He says, no, persecution. You're going to suffer if you want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. That's the difference between the fake prosperity gospel garbage and the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 13, But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And this group includes the false teachers, false prophets, false apostles, false pastors. Plenty of them out there. Plenty. Many. Romans 8.35 Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So if you go through all of this, don't worry about it. Through all of that, you're more than a conqueror because he loves you. It's because Jesus loves you, you have the confidence, you have that peace, supernatural peace. Wow, I'm under attack, but I have this peace. What's going on? How come I have all this peace? In the midst of trouble, in the midst of tribulation, in the midst of attacks, is because he loves you and he's making his love known to you because he gives you that peace. He is the Prince of Peace. Verse 38, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul was fully persuaded. He was fully convinced. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. No attack, no persecution, nothing. No angel, no devil, no demon, no principality, no power. That is the confidence you have in Christ. Lucifer himself cannot come between you and God. You have to understand that level of confidence, that level of faith. But he was persuaded through all the activity, through all of the situations he went through, through all the deliverance he saw. That's how he knew. That's how he was persuaded. 
If you're going through a cycle of persecution, cycle of suffering and cycle of attacks, it's to make you persuaded that God is with you in spite of all of that. He is there and nothing can separate you from the love of God. 1 Thessalonians 3.1 Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. So Paul is saying we were struggling, we are left, we are stuck in Athens. Let me send Timothy, our brother, another minister, faithful minister. He's going to come and he's going to establish you and he's going to encourage you in the faith. That no one should be shaken by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. Affliction will come. Persecution will come. You're appointed for it. Don't be surprised by it. But when it comes, be established. Be encouraged. For in fact, we told you before, when we were with you, that we would suffer tribulation just as it happened, and you know it. So tribulation will come. Yes, it will come. We are appointed for it. And we will go through it. And we will be stronger. Hebrews 10.30 For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. Verse 31, It is fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. That's the thing you've got to be afraid of. If you fall into the hands of Antichrist, if great tribulation comes, the mark of the beast comes, and you fall into their hands, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid at all. Give up your life. Die for your faith if you have to. We are coming into those times. Within the decade, we will face that situation even less than the decade. And we will have to give our life up if we are tested like the rest of the world. If the Lord rescues us, great. If not, get ready. They say, oh, take the vaccine. Or without that, you're not going to make it. No way. You can't buy. You can't sell. We're going to mark you with this. Without that mark and without us being able to biometrically scan you and see whether you got it or not, you're not going to be able to do business. I'm sorry. I don't want business. I don't want the vaccine. I don't want you. I don't want this world right now. I'm ready to exit. I'm ready to check out. You want to kill me? Kill me. Get ready for that. Be prepared for that. Mentally prepare yourself and say, you know what? If I have to die today, I die today. I don't love this world. I don't love these things. Don't get too attached to properties and homes and, and fancy lifestyles and whatever. Don't get caught up with the ways of the world. Get ready for the millennial kingdom that's coming. If you die as a martyr for Christ, you will be with him in the thousand-year reign with Christ. Yeah, physically, physical death here, but you will have a supernatural body. Transformed body, just as the same body as Jesus Christ. Verse 31, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Because if you give up your faith, if you turn your back on Jesus, and if you say yes to Antichrist, you will fall into the hands of Antichrist, and he will make you suffer, and he will kill you anyways and take you to hell. And it says it is dangerous, it is fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God because now God Almighty will give you the second death which is the lake of fire just rather you die physically physical death don't be afraid of it and live forever with Christ then to try to spare your life try to say oh no I don't want to die and I will take the mark of the beast and then die twice physical death and spiritual death don't make that foolish mistake Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, 32. Okay, let's skip that. 1 Peter 5, 8. 
Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So it's a, it's a scripture to take comfort in that. You know what? If I'm going through this right now, my brothers and my sisters around the world are going through the same suffering. Doesn't matter. I will resist the enemy. I will be steadfast in my faith and I will overcome him by the blood of Jesus and by the word of my testimony. Verse 10. But may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a while that he would perfect you, he would establish you, he would strengthen you and then he would settle you. So yeah, you will suffer a little while but all of that is so that he could be perfected, established, strengthened, and settled. Verse 11. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. When God establishes you, it's not, oh, look at me, how great I am, and how powerful, and how rich, and how successful I am. No. It is to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. All your blessings in life, all the good things in your life, everything is to bring you to repentance repentance to God and repentance from yourself from your own ego from your own pride say hey look at me it's to repent from that and to say it's to him be the glory it's not to me it's not to my talent and my skills and my abilities and my this and my that no thank you Jesus glory to God it's his dominion forever and ever amen that's what the scripture says don't be fooled into your own vanity and thinking oh, it's all about me and how great I am Revelation chapter 2 verse 10. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation 10 days. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. Jesus is saying to the church here, be faithful until death. He's just saying, don't be, just be faithful to the church and be faithful to the pastor, be faithful to the prophet, be faithful until death. Your faithfulness is until death. If death comes to your doorstep, be faithful until death. That's why no coward will enter the kingdom of heaven. How do you know uh, someone is a coward? Someone who does not take the name of Jesus publicly because they're scared of the backlash. They're scared of the hate. They're scared of other people. They want to be people pleasers, men pleasers. These are cowards. They will never enter the kingdom of heaven. God is looking for warriors. He's looking for brave, courageous souls. Those who are not afraid even to die for Jesus. How are you going to die for Jesus if you cannot even take his name today in front of wicked people? That's right there. You know you're a coward. If you're being convicted right now, say, Lord, take the spirit of cowardice out of me. Make me a bold witness for Jesus Christ. If you're a narcissist, I'm sorry, you're a hopeless case. Because you worship yourself and you only glorify yourself. You don't even know Jesus. Because if you knew him, you would only talk about him. That's a sure sign you don't know Christ. Because you only talk about yourself. You're so full of yourself, you have no clue what a bad place you are in. And that deception will stay with you unless you repent. Unless you go on your knees and say, Lord, forgive me. Because I've exalted myself, I've glorified myself, I've pumped up myself, I've put myself on a pedestal, I think I'm Mr. Perfect, Miss Perfect. You are in a horrible place. It is called self-idolatry. You idolate yourself. 
and you're an abomination to God. So check your walk, check your words, check your life, check your speech. Just take one day, take yesterday and see how much you spoke about Christ and how much you spoke about yourself. How self-obsessed you are. We're surrounded by narcissists. It's a horrible thing to see. Millions will go into the pit of hell because they were so self-obsessed. And then for eternity, they'll be like, oh my goodness, what happened? But it's too late. And in hell, they'll be screaming the name of Jesus and there is no salvation for them. It's appointed once for a man to die and then the judgment. So when we come preaching to you Christ, it's to make you realize it's not about you. Get out of yourself and say, Lord, come, come and receive me, Lord, so that I can glorify you, that I can be your witness. That's why I commend the Jehovah Witnesses. They are faithful to be a witness of Jehovah. They take all the insults and the slamming of the doors and have dogs left loose on them and all of that. But they are faithful witnesses of Jehovah. But they are not saved. They'll still go to hell. But at least they are faithful witnesses of Jehovah. They will make very good Christians. I would love to see the whole Jehovah Witness cult come into the kingdom of God. They will be such great witnesses. And today's Christians, hypocrites, cowards, spineless. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. That's what Jesus is promising. Is that not good enough for you? That you want to keep pumping yourself up and being such a narcissistic, selfish, self-centered, egomaniac? Give it up. Lay down your life. Lay down your crown at the feet of Jesus and he will give you the crown of life. Yeah, I have a nice crown on my head and I like to boast about myself. Lay it down at his feet. That's why that band is called Casting Crowns. The reason they call that name is because they cast their crowns before the feet of Jesus. Learn from them. Verse 11. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death, which is spiritual death, eternal death. He who overcomes what? Satan, the devil, sin. No, you overcome yourself. Your biggest challenge is yourself. For a selfish person, you have to overcome yourself and your own vanity and your own pride and your own ego and your own madness about yourself. Matthew eleven twenty five. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babies. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight, all things have been delivered to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. It's in Jesus' power and authority to reveal himself and his Father to you. Your job is to petition him and say, Lord, I already know myself and my nonsense. I need to know you. I need to know the Father. That is a great blessing. That's a great revelation to know the Father, to know Jesus. Once you know that, you cannot talk about yourself anymore because now you know the Father. Now you know Jesus the Son. Now the Holy Spirit comes and illuminates your mind. That is through salvation. That's when you know you got saved because now you're thinking about the Father in heaven. You're thinking about Jesus. Since I got saved, I'm obsessed with Jesus, night and day. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I'm like a madman. Why? 
Once you have a revelation of who he is, you can't let go of him. He's everything to you. He's all that you need. There's nothing else that will satisfy in this world. Not even yourself. Not even your career and your achievements and everything under the sun. You take all of that and throw it in the trash. Because now you have come to know Jesus. The resurrected Christ. The Messiah. The Son of God. And the Heavenly Father. Once you have received the Father's love, it's the most amazing, mind-boggling thing because it heals your soul, it heals your heart, your emotions. You're not twisted anymore. You're not messed up anymore. You're not broken anymore. You're not crying and whining anymore because the Father's love has come. We need that. We all need that. This world needs it. But we must repent. It comes through repentance. Verse 28, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you're tormented, you're demonized, you're suffering, you're you know, depressed and suicidal, all you have to do is come to Jesus. Come to Him, acknowledge Him. We have told suicidal people, bend your knee to Jesus Christ, you will be set free. No, they still want to be suicidal, they still want to go kill themselves because they don't want Jesus. They're selfish, they just want what they want. And if they don't get it, oh, I'll kill myself. Well, then go ahead and kill yourself. Because you've been offered Jesus, the Son of God, and you don't want Him, then what else is left in this world? Then all you deserve is death. There's nothing left for you. All you have is hopelessness, sadness, depression. Because without Christ, there is no life. There is no life for you. There's no eternal life for you. There's only death, spiritual death. Hell is waiting for those who want to commit suicide. But you want to come out of that, it's a simple solution. Verse 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. The spirit of depression is heavy. The spirit of oppression is heavy. It's a huge weight on your shoulder. It's a huge weight on your mind and your emotions and your soul. You're weighed down by sin. You're weighed down by iniquity. And God calls people like that. Come, come to me and I will set you free. He is the savior of the world. Only he can set you free. No husband, no wife, no money, no job, no career. Nothing can set you free. No drugs, no alcohol, no women. Nothing will set you free. But today the rate of suicide is higher and higher because they have rejected Christ. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls you will find rest for your souls we have a soul that God cares for he says I want to give you that rest Satan has bound you Satan is tormenting you he's depressed you he shut you down he wants to take your life he's out to devour you all you have to do is come to me how simple is that you don't have to burn candles, you don't have to burn incense, you don't have to go on a pilgrimage, you don't have to go to some fancy Catholic church building, you don't have to go to some priest, you don't have to sing uh, Latin songs, you don't have to pray to Mary, you don't have to go chasing after some saints, you don't need a rosary, you don't need prayer beads, you don't need none of that, that's all garbage. Come to me. Isn't that what Jesus said? Come to me. You don't need the Pope. He's the biggest jackass of all. Jesus come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 
you want your soul to be at peace, you want rest, you want to just, just rest in the arms of God. Just come to me. I will lift you up. I will take away your burdens. I will deliver you. I will set you free. I will heal you. I will give you eternal life. I will give you the crown of life. The promises of God continue forever and ever, for eternity. What an amazing promise. What an amazing offer. But if you turn away from that, there's eternal judgment. There is hell waiting for you. You're already in hell. Your life is already a hellish life. Verse 30, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God's love is amazing. It makes you feel like you can fly. You'll feel so amazing just to receive His love. But you must come to Him. You must humble yourself. You must acknowledge your sin, your iniquities, your lifestyle, your arrogance, your pride. All of that has to come to the altar. It has to come to the foot of the cross. Without that, you will not make it. You can try everything else under the sun and you will not be satisfied. I have done it. I know it. That's my testimony. Till Christ found me and set me free. He still sets me free. I still have issues. I still have battles with my own flesh, with my mind, with anger issues, all these things. People aggravate me. People get under my skin. But then at the end of the day, I need the peace of Christ. I can't allow wicked people to mess with me. All my family, especially my wife. I get really upset when people attack my wife because she's a loving person. She doesn't want to fight back. But then I have to rise up to defend her, to defend my children. Now, wicked people want to influence my children in wicked ways. They're nasty, vicious ways. And we have to keep protecting them and praying over them and loving them and blessing them and covering them. We cannot allow Satan and his messengers to come and ruin our family. We can't. I have drawn a line. We all have to do that. And then we say, Lord, give us rest for our souls. The attacks are too much. The enemy is very arrogant and prideful and aggressive and mad and angry and vicious. But you are there to give us rest. You are there to give us peace. You are there to love on us. And we need it. We all need it. Without it, we can't make it. So let us pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you, Lord, that you are there always with us. That in the midst of any persecution, the midst of suffering, in the midst of pandemics, in the midst of all that's going to come down the road, that we will not be deceived, we will not fear, but we will be strong and courageous. We will do it all for your name's sake. We will glorify you even until death, and we will be ready for your return. So prepare our hearts, prepare our soul, prepare our thoughts, our mind, our emotions. Prepare us, Lord, for the time is near. We are in the last hour. And the mark of the beast system is being put in place. And then we will be forced to take the mandatorily. And we don't want that. So give us strength for that day that if we have to die instead of taking it, that we'll be ready to face that and be ready to be received by you. So help us to be prepared mentally, physically, spiritually, for that day. Let us not be cowards, let us not be fearful, but let us be courageous in the face of evil. So in Jesus' mighty name, we pray for all those who are listening, that you would impart that strength to them, and that courage that they need in these end times, and that they would stand strong as a witness for your gospel, for your namesake, till you return, and then you will say to them, well done, good and faithful servant. Come into my Father's kingdom.
forever, for eternity. And we look forward to that, Lord. So in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.